All right, well, I hope you guys are doing great tonight. As, uh, as Nick said, my name is Daniel. I'm part of the pastoral staff here, pastoral team. Absolutely love this church. Uh, I, love, I love this. You guys look great tonight, by the way. This is an amazing crew. Uh, Pastor Jake asked me to, to speak, and how many of you guys love Pastor Jake and appreciate what he's doing in this ministry, yeah? He's a good friend of mine, and uh, it's, just, it's just an awesome opportunity. So I'm, I'm really... I'm really grateful to be here with you guys tonight, and uh, I pray that what has already started uh, in your hearts would just continue, we'd continue to elevate tonight. So uh, I want to teach um, on, a, on a subject that I believe is, is, very, is very powerful, is very uh, dear near to me, uh, and I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of this and really experiencing this in my life, and I just felt very led to just dive in with you guys and uh, teach the best I can with, with it. Uh, I believe that it will bless you. And I believe that it will elevate your relationship with Jesus. First uh, Corinthians 1.9. It says, God is faithful who has called you. Somebody, says, call, somebody say called. called. Who has called you into the fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to talk about the subject of fellowship with God tonight. Fellowshipping with God. Uh, that word fellowship, if you look that up in its original, its original definition, it means communion. It means joint participation, it means partnership, it means communication, and it means intimacy. It's a pretty deep word when you think about it. You know, we think of fellowship about, with fellowshipping with one another, we're having a good time, we're having fun, getting to know each other, and that's part of it, uh, and that's, de that's definitely part of what God has called us to do. But this is really the ministry that we have with God, unto God. And he says he has called us into the fellowship. It is a calling uh, to fellowship with Jesus Christ. To, that is to have intimacy with Jesus Christ. That is to have communion with Jesus Christ. That is to have communication with Jesus Christ. Uh, that, is, that goes beyond what we might think of what fellowship is. Now, of course, uh, we are all called. We, we all have a specific calling in our lives. Um, and, and, and that, can be, that can look different. But that calling is going to do something with advancing God's kingdom on this earth. Uh, that is true. There is a specific calling on your life. But I believe that this is a calling that initiates that calling. Um, and it also maintains that calling. Does that make sense? Like you have a public ministry, you have a public and a, and a mandate from heaven on your life to, to express the love of God on this earth. But before you can get to that point and before you can stay and, 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 and really grow in that gifting and in that calling, you have to understand that you are called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And in this calling, by the way, is not just a one time and a one phase thing. It is a, in the moment you receive Jesus Christ and the, the rest of the life that you have here on earth is that that calling is, is, is always there. And it is something that you grow just like you grow your public calling. But this uh, prece precedes that. This is that calling that initiates that and it maintains that other calling. And so when you think of fellowship, you know, you, uh, with, with God, there are tools of fellowship. There's um, prayer, you know, that is a tool of fellowship. Worship, we just talked about worship, that it goes beyond the song, it goes beyond the music, it's a lifestyle. Uh, and that is part of fellowshipping with God. Uh, reading the Bible, not just reading it in a setting, but really allowing the Word of God to penetrate your heart and it to come alive in you, that is part of fellowship. And these are, all, these are all really good. These are all very important. 
But how many know that you can, you can do this stuff and still miss it in your heart? So there, when you talk about fellowship, there are the tools of fellowship, but there is also the heart of fellowship. There is the spirit of fellowship. There is that understanding that as I approach these things, these tools, that I'm not just doing them to get a better platform with God. I'm not just doing the prayer and, and the worship and the word because I want to have a good status with God and I want God to be happy with me, but I'm doing it because it works. The reason I read the word is not because I want God to love me more. The reason I read the word is because the word is full of life. The word is full of power. And if I can believe it and allow it to come inside of me to where then it's coming out of me, then there's power in that, right? There's power when you speak the word. And so um, it's, it's not just the tools, but it is the heart of fellowship. It is understanding uh, what you're called to and how you're called to it. I believe with your relationship with God uh, that it is something that can grow. In other words, when you first come to know God, when you first come to know Jesus, there is a level that you have in the relationship with God, with the knowledge of, of who he is and his love for you. But how many know that that's not the only level that you stay at as you continue to, to, to know God and as you continue to walk with God? There is a growth in that relationship. And the growth that in between time, I personally believe, is dependent on the fellowship that you have with Jesus. It is dependent on the, on the fellowship. Why? If you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, fellowship produces revelation. And revelation produces application in your life. The, the revelation produces and allows you what, you're, what, you're, what, what God is downloading to you. What, we, where we want to be in life, you know, we, want, we, wanna, we, we, we receive Jesus Christ and we expect that, you know, we'll be at a specific level. But we have to understand that there is a process of fellowship before we can get there. There is things that God has to do in our life. Uh, not only is your relationship supposed to grow, but I believe your, your, your influence for Jesus is supposed to grow. You know, you get set free uh, so for the purpose of being able to be like Jesus and set the captives free. You, uh, your heart is healed so that you can get to a place where you can be like Jesus and heal the brokenhearted. You are operating in a place of authority uh, so that nothing on this earth, nothing in hell can stop the, 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 the mandate and the calling that God has you to do. And I believe all of that has to connect, is all connected with your fellowship with Jesus Christ. It is all connected with, with, with fellowship. So I want to share some truths uh, about fellowship with you. And the first one is this, is that it's an invitation. Fellowship is an invitation. In other words, it's not automatic, uh, it's not forced, and it doesn't just happen for you. Fellowship is an invitation. It is possible to be a believer and not enter into true fellowship with Jesus Christ. Did you know that? It is possible to, to believe in Jesus, to come to church, but to really scratch the surface of, of, of fellowshiping with God. In the book of Luke, uh, there, there's a story that, that we, uh, many of us know as the prodigal son. And then the prodigal son, the Bible says that it's a story about a father who has two sons. And the, the story goes something like with the youngest son, uh, he, he comes to his dad one day and he asks for his inheritance. Okay, so it is, it is properly his, but he is asking out of time. And in this culture and in this time, 
if, if someone were to do this, if you were to ask your father for your inheritance while he's still living, it is totally disrespectful. It is as if to wish him as if he was dead. And so when Jesus is telling this story, uh, he's, he's talking and there's a crowd around him, a crowd of people who are considered sinners, and there's a crowd of people who are considered the religious leaders of that day. And even though they're in different worlds and different beliefs, they probably all had somewhat of the same uh, response and reaction. They were probably like, what? What did he just say? Like, I hope, as I continue to hear, I hope that Jesus says that this dad whooped that son because that is totally disrespectful. That is totally crazy. And so what Jesus tells of us about the story afterwards is actually crazier. He says, uh, not only did the son ask for his inheritance, not only did the son pretty much say, I wish you were dead so I can have my money, but the father gave him the money. And that was crazier. That was, that was, I mean, at this point, I'm sure Jesus had everybody's attention. Like, this is crazy. Like, why would you, you, were, you, you should, if you were a good father this time, you should have spanked him. I don't care how old he is. He's the youngest son, and he's doing, this is totally out of line. And the story continues, and it says that he, he got his money, and he went off to a far country. And he began to spend it and, 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 and prodigal living. He began to just spend it on whatever he wanted. And the Bible says there was a famine in that time to where he lost everything he had. To the point where he had to get a job feeding pigs. And sleeping and living with pigs. The Bible says that at one moment he finally came to his senses. And he said to himself, what am I doing here? At least in the house of my father... He has servants who eat better than this and who live better than this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back home. I'm going back to my father, and I'm going to ask him to hire me. And in uh, Luke 15, chapter, uh, or verse 20, it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And by the way, this is the representation of our father God. That no matter how far you are or no matter how far you feel, that he is not in some room or closet talking about how far you are. He's actually at the edge of his property waiting until you come back home. And not only is he waiting, but he ran. He ran to his son, which was another crazy thing. This was totally unprofessional. This was totally not like the fathers in this culture, but his love was that radical, representing the father's love. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now, verse 25, you would think this is awesome. This is a celebration. But it says, now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Let me pause real quick. Because if you can hear dancing, how many of you guys know that's some pretty good dancing? <laughs> I mean, these guys were doing some hardcore dance. So it says he heard music and dancing. <laughs> I'm sure, like, you guys think you could party, you know, about parties here. I bet you this parties in the Bible was way better. I'm just saying. I can dance, but if you can hear my dance, that's some good dancing. So he called one of his servants, 
and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him and safe and sound, your father has killed and fed him. So he comes, he hears the, 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 the music, and he's like, what's going on? But he was angry, and he wouldn't even go in, go in, the, in the house. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me even a young goat that I might be ma make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. You can be a son in the house, and not have fellowship with the Father, and not even know the access that you have at your disposal. He says, son, he's a son, right? He's still a son. Even though he's acting a fool and he's being disrespectful, he's still a son. But yet he doesn't understand that his Father is always with him. That's presence. And all that the Father has is his. That's provision. He doesn't realize that God's presence is as his access, and he doesn't realize that what God has is already his. All he has to do is know it and accept it and receive it. That's called revelation. That's called application. And you only get that when you're intimate with the, Holy, with the, with the Heavenly Father, when you have fellowship with Jesus. Why didn't the son know this? Why didn't he know that he had access why is it that we don't operate in the authority that's already given to us? Why is it that we're not walking in the freedom that is already ours? How, how many know that the Bible says whom the Son sets free is? Is free indeed. And if, is that true or is that not true? That's true. What is the difference? I believe the difference is that when you have fellowship, you have the revelation of that. And that is actually true. You begin to walk that out. You begin to understand that. You begin to apply it to your life. This guy was a son, and he failed to have access to, to what he had as a father. In other words, you can be a son or a daughter and still mess up, uh, miss out. Now listen to this. Sonship is a right, but fellowship is an invitation. Sonship is a right. Are we good here, Alex? Fellowship is an invitation. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave the what? Is it up there? The right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. He gave them the right to be sons of God, children of God, daughters of God. So having a relationship with Jesus, having a right standing with Jesus, that's a right. That is something that not just everybody has, Right? Uh, you have to understand that, that what God is saying is true and your faith uh, comes to that truth and you are, are given the right to be a son of God, to be a daughter of God. But just because you have that right doesn't mean that it ends there. There is still an invitation that is calling you forward. Let me, let me, do it, let me say it like this. If, if, if eternal life represents, the, uh, if a table represents eternal life, then, then sonship is the seat that is purchased at the table. But fellowship is how you partake at the table. 
It is how you communicate. It is how you fellowship. It is how you eat and drink and, and you, you talk to other people at the table. And I believe where we miss it a lot is that just because we have a seat at the table, just because we know that, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, just because we know that we're a child of God, doesn't mean that we don't have to actually take the seat, sit down, and partake of that table. There is a difference. There is, it, that is accepting the invitation. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It is accepting that invitation. And I personally believe that it makes all of the difference. Number two is this. So number one, is in, it's an invitation. Just because you're a son, just because you're a daughter, it doesn't mean that you're at a level of, 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 of your knowledge with Christ and of what God has called you to do where he really intends you to be unless you receive and accept that invitation. Number two is that the level of fellowship is dependent on your belief of who God is. Uh, this is important because fellowship requires closeness. It requires intimacy. Um, you, can't you can't get close to anybody, nor do you allow anyone to get close to you if you don't understand or you misunderstand their, their heart towards you. Uh, think about any kind of relationship. If you are not sure of that person, if there is no trust between you and that person, then what you share with that person is going to be limited. But unless you are joined to this person, unless that you are uh, engaged, married to this person, then that, there's a different dynamic because then there's closeness, there's intimacy, there's openness, there's vulnerability. But to get to that point, you have to... Uh, know who God is. You have to uh, know a little bit about the nature of God. Uh, if you don't truly believe that God loves you, like really loves you, I, I know we, we, we say that we believe that. I know that we say God loves me, and yeah, I, got, I get that. But I'm talking about a true belief down in your heart that is a part of your belief system that goes beyond what you feel, what you see, what you experience or, not, or you don't experience, that you honestly believe with all of your heart, no doubt at all, that God loves you. If you don't believe that, then it will affect your intimacy with God. That He loves you not because you read today, not, not your Bible, not because you didn't sin today, not because of your performance, not based off of your performance, but based off who He is. 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. That's who He is. That is a part of His nature. The fact that you are struggling, that you have a weakness, that you have a sin, can bring shame and condemnation, and it can push you away from God because you think that He hates you in that moment. But if you only knew that nothing can separate you from the love of God, if you only knew that nothing can separate God from loving you, then you would never push yourself away from God. And the reality is the freedom and the strength that you're looking for is found in that closeness with God. It is found in that intimacy and that fellowship with Jesus Christ. And that victory and that freedom you're looking for, that you long for. But it's like, I don't know if God loves me right now. I don't know if God's happy with me right now. I don't know if my performance is up right now. Therefore, I don't know if I can talk to him right now. I don't know if I can share my heart with him right now. But if you were to read the Psalms, if you were to tap into David's heart a little bit, you're going to be able to see that it didn't matter if he was feeling good, he was feeling bad. It wasn't matter if he was in victory or in defeat. His heart was always crying out to God. 
And the Bible says, like nobody else, that David is a man after God's own heart. Why? I believe that he understood and he tapped into fellowship. He tapped into intimacy. He understood that, that God is God because that's who he is, not because that's who I make him to be for me. That I can, I can speak to Jesus even in my mess, he can hear me. Now that, that conversation might look like you repenting. That conversation may look like you asking for help and, 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 and listening to what God has to say to you. But, but the fact that you're talking to Jesus, that's fellowship. The fact that you're not distant from God and that you're still close to him, that's intimacy. The fact that you can open up your heart and allow yourself to be vulnerable to Jesus. It's like sometimes we think that if I tell Jesus my secrets that he's going to look away from me. But how many of you guys know that God knows our secrets? I think sometimes we think we're, we're the only ones dealing with what we're dealing with. And that's far from the truth. Sometimes we think that if I were to expose this to God, then I'm kind of accepting what I'm dealing with. But part of the freedom is for you to recognize and realize where you're at and what you need. And for you to, to know and understand that God is love no matter what. It's like this cycle. It's like, I want to be free, but I'm dealing with condemnation and guilt, so therefore I can't be, go to the one who sets the captive free. But really, you need to be there so that you can be free. Does that make sense? It's like... It's, it's kind of challenging, it's confusing, but yet I've been there. And I believe you've been there. To where you don't believe it entirely. It comes down to a lie. It comes down to some doubt. It comes down to this thing in your heart to say, does God really love me? Does God really accept me? The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not in your own works, not in your own ways, not in your own performance, not in your own defeats and victories, only in Christ Jesus. And by that truth, you can come into the throne room boldly. Amen? Amen. And so you have to believe that God loves you. Um, <clears throat> if you don't truly believe that God cares for you and that he hears you when you pray, then that would affect your fellowship, your level of fellowship as well. If you don't really believe that when you pray, when you talk to God, that God is listening to you, God is hearing you, then that would affect, again, I'm talking about how the level of your fellowship is dependent on the level of your belief with God. And you have to know and you have to believe that when you speak, God hears and God listens. Uh, there's an awesome story in John 11. Jesus um, did amazing miracles. And one of my favorites is when he uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. And in John 11:32 it says, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here. How many of you guys have prayed that prayer? Don't lie. <laughs> Lord, if you had been here. If only, if only you would have been here, Jesus, I wouldn't have been in this mess. If only you would have been here, my brother would not have died. That's some serious stuff. He was sick, and they knew he was sick. But yet... According to them, Jesus got there late. But 33 says, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit. He was troubled and he said, 
Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Uh, verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus, Jesus wept. You have to know that Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus understands our trials, our weaknesses. He understands what we go through. The best counselor in the world is the Holy Spirit. He really is. I believe that counseling is, is good. You get a good counselor, counselor, that's a good thing. A counselor especially that is based off of faith, that's a great thing. But a better counselor is the Holy Spirit. He really is. In fact, he is called our counselor. He is called our comforter. And so Jesus wept because he hurt. Jesus wept because he had compassion. Jesus wept because this was his friend. Jesus wept because he was close to the situation. And sometimes we don't think that Jesus is close to our situation, but he really is. In verse 41, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Guy doesn't even have a name anymore. He's the dead man. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, listen to this. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's a statement of faith, by the way. I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Father, I, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. Jesus was in a, in a, in a spot where there was trouble, where there was something needed to happen. There was some turmoil happening. There was some emotions happening. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus, well, let me say this. You know what he didn't do? Jesus didn't say, listen, I'll be right back. I got to go pray. I got to go get the word inside of me. I got to go fast. I'll come back, and I'm going to try to do what I, what, I, what I can. You know, he didn't do that. You know what he did? He said, Father, I thank you. You already heard me. I thank you that you always hear me. Here's, here's what I want you to know. Jesus lived out of a place of fellowship. Fellowship is not a category in your life, just like worship isn't a category in your life. It's not a compartment in your life. Fellowship is all the time, every day. Doesn't mean you have to be on your knees all the time, but you're, you're conscious of Jesus. You're conscious of, 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 of God living inside of you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And he, he had already prayed up. He had already been walking with Jesus. He probably... Maybe on the way was talking to God. He, he, you don't have to go to a place. Yes, that's part of it, but it's not limited to that. Where you can be in a constant conversation and you can have your ear consistently open to what God is telling you and speaking to you. I thank you that you've heard me. And I thank you that you always, and I know that you always hear me. Uh, he didn't stop to pray when things went down. He had already prayed. And this, I believe when we do that, it is a self, it's, it's, it kind of, it's a surface level of fellowship. It's still fellowship. Don't get me wrong. You're still praying. You're still seeking God. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. When things go bad, I'm not saying don't seek God because sometimes you got to go deeper at that time. I understand that. But if that's the only time you're going, then I think you need to reevaluate your fellowship life. I think you need to reevaluate your walk and your, your relationship with Jesus. I think if, if that is the only time where we get upset or we get emotional, then we're actually acting like the elder son in the story to where 
Now I'm going to talk to the Father because what I see, I'm not really liking. And now I'm going to talk to the Father. But then, you know what the Father's response is to you? He's going to say, Bobby, don't you know you're my son? And I'm always with you. And all that I have is yours. That's his response. But if we get to that place where we already know that, then we can go ahead and do like Jesus and say, I thank you, you always hear me, and here we go, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's advance the kingdom right here where we're at. One of the purposes of fellowship is to live out of a place where there is constant communication with God. It is one of the purposes of fellowship. Yes, it is to draw near to God. Yes, it is to understand the love of Christ for you. Yes, it is to experience His presence Yes, it is to be set free, but it's also to be able to live out of a place where you're bold, where you're confident. I love this saying where it says, if you can kneel before God, you can stand before anybody. And I believe that's true. I really do. Because if you just met with the creator of the universe, then there's nothing in this world that should intimidate you. If Jesus knows you by name, then you can be able to go do mighty things. He said you can do greater things than me. So again, that's one of the purposes of fellowship is to be in a place where there's constant communication with God. And to be there, to be in this place, I believe you, you, we grow into this place, right? We grow into this place. And to get there, you have to truly believe that God is for you, that God is who he says he is. And in Hebrews 11, it says... Uh, that it is impossible to please God without faith. And that word please really means to agree with God. That's what it means. It's not to make God happy. It means to agree with God. And it says, for those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who come to God must believe that he is. What does that mean? He, you must believe that he is who he says he is. You must believe that he is who the Bible says he is. You must believe if he says that he is a healer, then he is a healer. You must believe that if he says he is your redeemer, then he is your redeemer. You must believe that if he can do all things, then he can what? Do all things. And it says you must also believe, because that's, that's part of it, believing who he says he is who he says he is, and believing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What that means is that he is also good. I believe that God is good. And that is part of your belief system that I believe we need to have as we approach God, as we get close to God, as we become intimate with Jesus, as we fellowship with God, as we get close to him. We must believe that he is who he says he is, and we must believe that he's good. That when I get close to him, that when I speak with him, that when I speak his word, that there's goodness coming out of that. That he hears me when I pray. That he cares about what I'm going through. And he cares about the God-given call in my life. And you know what the truth is? Is that he, it's actually, it actually pleases God when we come to him. It is his delight. It is, it is something that is amazing. And I imagine that it brings so much joy to his, to his heart when we present before him even the smallest problems to the biggest problems. That's why the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord, because he what? He cares for you. He cares for you. So there is a place in fellowship that includes experiencing God. And 
there is a place of fellowship where we experience God in church services. How I many you know when we come to church, we worship God, the Holy Spirit's here, we experience God, yeah? That is a part of fellowship, but that is not all of fellowship. There's another step to it where not only do we fellowship with God at church services, but then we fellowship with God in a quiet place. And we have a quiet time. And that might look like something in the morning when you wake up and you talk to Jesus and you just pray. And it doesn't have to be super long. You just recognize God and you maybe get into the word. There, that is another level of fellowship. But you could go beyond that. And I believe God calls us to go even beyond that. Because I've, I've gotten into this trap to where I, I, I focus so much on my quiet time that when I'm done with the quiet time, I kind of shut the voice of God off for the rest of the day until I have another quiet time. But quiet time is, is good. In fact, you know, you have your church time fellowship, but then you take it up a notch. You have your quiet time fellowship, but I believe God is calling us to take it up even a higher notch to where it's not only limited to your church time, quiet time, but it's in everything you do and in all that you do every day, all day. Every day, all day. And I believe we can get to that place as we allow ourselves to get close to God, to become vulnerable to God, to become open to God, and allow Him to speak to us and know that He's listening and to know that He is, he is talking with us all the time. I believe when He says we are called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ, He's talking about church, beyond church though. He's talking about quiet time, beyond quiet time. He's talking about every day, an understanding that I get to walk with God. I get to know that He is with me, that He's inside me. But wait a minute, I messed up. But guess what? He's still here. And I can talk to Him about that mess up. I can talk to Him about that weakness. But wait a minute, I, I, I failed in this area. Well, guess what? He's still in your failures. He's still there. Well, well, I did great. Well, don't forget Jesus because you really didn't do great. Jesus did great through you. Everything. And, and it's a powerful place to live at. And it's a powerful place to be because then you can choose your spouse correctly. And you can do what you need to do right with education and career. And when you have children, you can raise God-fearing children who love the Lord and who are fearless against the devil but have an impact with the, with the kingdom of God. I believe that starts with fellowship, and it continues with fellowship, because that is what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? For God is faithful. Where's Lando at? Lando, get on the keys, my man. For God is faithful who has called you into the fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. With His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We have a few minutes. And in these few minutes, I want us to worship. I want you to picture Jesus before you. To know that He is here with you. doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter how you're feeling. It doesn't matter if you feel something or you don't feel something because the truth of the word of God goes beyond your emotions it goes beyond what you feel 
And you can't allow your emotions to drive your life. You have to allow the Word of God to drive your life. The emotions will follow. Emotions are good, but they have, they have their place. But with the truth of the Word of God that says that He will never leave you, and He will never forsake you, I want us to close our eyes and I want us to enter into a time of worship. In a, in a type of worship, I should say, to where we experience His presence and his provision over us right now. And I feel led to tell you tonight, specifically a few of you, to ask the Lord, what does this look like for me? What does this fellowship look like for me? Because there are different stages and phases in life. There are different uh, seasons in life to where you might be feeling super busy and maybe not and it's like, how do I include this? How do I incorporate this? Where do I put this? Where do I add this? And God is saying, this is not anything that you add as a category. This isn't anything that you compartmentalize. This isn't anything that you put off in this area and section of your life. This is something that comes and it actually takes over your life. In your study time, in your personal time, in your hobbies, in your relationships, in your family, in your church. It is something that Jesus is wanting to completely to take over. And that is to fellowship. That is to commune with him. That is to talk to him. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said, I pray without ceasing. And it's like, okay, you're praying all the time? You never talk to anybody? It's kind of weird. But what he was saying, and he, he later described, he said, I don't pray, many times I don't pray more than an hour. But it's very uncommon if I go an hour without praying and saying something. It might be 30 seconds. But I'm walking. And I'm thinking about this. But I'm recognizing that Jesus is with me still. While I do that, while I do this, while I have fun while I struggle, while I walk through hard times, while I live my life, while I try to figure things out, Jesus is in the midst of it. And he is when you, when you accept his invitation and you allow him to be who he wants to be for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we step into this understanding and this revelation of fellowship with Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I pray that your voice is so loud and that you would speak to your sons and to your daughters. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that they accept this invitation that you have given us. An invitation to take a step closer to you. An invitation to allow you to invade every room in our heart. And not just to allow you to come into our clean living room that is nicely set up in front of everybody else. But to come into that closet and to allow you to be God and to allow you to do what you do best. To bring freedom, to bring strength, to bring power, to bring healing. Jesus' name.
We step into fellowship with you, Lord. And we choose not to step out. Even when it's hard, even though our mind is telling us otherwise and we feel condemned and we feel shamed and we feel guilty. Your love is greater than that. Let's just, let's just sit here a second. Pastor Daniel just prayed a second ago. I just want to just feel like praying again right now that I'm going to pray, but as I'm praying, I just want you to, in, in your own head, just kind of make a declaration to the Lord of just thanking Him. It's such a, a privilege to be able to step into fellowship with Him. This isn't just a random anybody. This is literally the creator of all creation. one who was and is and is to come. 
So Father, we just thank you. God, we thank you so much for the joy of fellowship with you, the privilege of fellowship with you. sonship, that daughtership is a, I guess we could say it this way, a birthright, but God, fellowship is an invitation. God, we just thank you. We accept the invitation. I'm just getting, I'm, I'm getting that picture that Pastor Daniel painted of, of just the table and Sonship is having the seat at the table, but I just want you to picture whatever that table looks like. It's okay to engage the imagination and just picture the table and step up and sit at the table. Take your seat at the table. Say, God, I just want to participate with you. I want to participate in the happenings of the table. I want to eat at the table. I want to play board games at the table. I want to have conversation at the table. I want to do all my life at the table. I want this seat to be so worn at the end of my life because I spent so much time at the table. So, Father, we just say, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus, have your way. God, we love you. 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 We accept the invitation over and over and over again. Say out loud, I'm going to accept the invitation tonight, tomorrow morning, tomorrow at lunch, tomorrow at evening, dinner, game time every day after that so Father have your way we love you we praise you we pray all this in Jesus name amen were you guys blessed by that can we just can we just give it up for the Lord and also for what he spoke to us through Pastor Daniel you guys can grab your seats real quick I just want to kind of close out service and, and first of all just one, thank you guys for being here. Pastor Jake's going to be back next week. We'd love to have you guys back. And uh, then also, two, for anybody, who, who goes to Sunday service in here? I just want to see hands. Oh, our Sunday family. Yes. Access is not a ministry in and of itself. Access is a ministry of Res Life Church. We are the young adults ministry of Res Life Church, and that looks like us doing family together and part of that doing family together is joining each other in corporate worship and in learning and uh you know gathering with the rest of the body the people that aren't our age and <laughs> don't look a lot like us uh you know joining in with our our friends families older siblings younger siblings parents aunts uncles whatever it looks like we just want to invite you guys to join us on sundays we sit i believe we have a yeah see the little Everyone, anybody in here colorblind? There's a yellow square up there. If you can't see the yellow square, it's uh, front left. Uh, just when you're looking at the stage, you'll be like over here. 
and uh, we have an amazing group that, that comes and joins us every week, and we uh, have great fellowship with each other, uh, but even more so, join in with great fellowship with the Lord every single Sunday. So we'd love to invite you out there if you don't have a home church, uh, or if you're just kind of going, ah, I've only known Thursday nights, well, come on out and, and experience Sundays with us too, because the, the Lord moves there just as well. So um, I just want to bless you guys. Bless you. And, uh, and just say... <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't have to be a long prayer. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, connect at your tables. Once again, we have table leaders at each of your tables who are there just to, to pray with you, to partner with you, to get to know you and build a relationship with you. So connect at your tables, and then uh, the back will open up. So we're going to hang out for a while. If you have kids within uh, children's ministry, 9 o'clock is the... Uh, the cutoff time or however you want to, whatever that, you know, but pick your kids up by nine so then our, our workers can, can go home. Nine, 9 p.m. Yeah, not 9 a.m. <laughs> Pastor Daniels, <laughs> he's feuding. <laughs> no, 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 he says. All right, thank you guys. We love you guys and bless you guys. We'll see you guys on Sunday and then next week.